the 2019 Doctrine and Devotion Conference on Biblical Theology featuring keynote speaker Dr. James Hamilton is coming up on May 3rd and 4th. You can head over to doctrineanddevotion.com slash conference to find out all the details and register. It's going to be a great conference. We hope you'll check it out, and we hope to see you there. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. What's going on, man? You know, I'm feeling pretty good today. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, you even were able to get out of work at a good time. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I got uh, pretty lucky, but I'll still have to work tonight. That's just the way it goes. Catch yeah. up on some emails. But, uh, but you know what I enjoyed catching up on? Seth. Uh, well, that was great. Yeah. Yes, yes, Seth. I, I enjoyed him, too. We met with Seth, one of our church planters, mm. our second church planter. He's planted a Ransom Bible Church in Evanston, Illinois. We got to meet with him and catch up today. Yep, so but, that was good. But what were you actually talking about? I was actually talking about catching up on whooping up on Stephen and Patrick. Yeah. In Canesta. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, uh, it felt good. It felt really good. It felt good. Everybody played well. Mm. Nobody nobody gave up the pile. I didn't nope. give up the pile. Pat didn't uh-huh. give up the pile. You and Steve don't give up the pile. No, 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 no. no. We don't do that. But Pat and I tend to do that. Yeah, you guys do. So yeah, everybody played well, and uh, but the better team won. I loved it. it. Felt pretty good. It felt so nice. Yeah. It felt so nice. I like so- it when it's already over before it's over, and Steve's like, yeah, it's over. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing the math. Just like I am. I'm sitting there doing the math, you know, at the well, for the last round. Yeah. You're always at the last round, doing the math in my head, think it through. And I'm like, yep. So yeah, that uh, that felt pretty nice. How are you doing? You seem uh, I'm good. I don't know. You just seem a little. I'm tired. Just tired. That's it. Yeah. No, but it's been good, man. I'm feeling good. Things at home are good. Um, church is good. Mm. Oh, we're gonna have to go to three services. Three services come uh, Easter. Easter. Oh, yeah. We're planning oh. it out with worship bands and volunteers and all that. Yeah, trying to figure out like key host greeters, yeah. journey kids. How do you yeah. how do you manage I don't know who's gonna preach. Oh you can't do three. One and done. One and one done. and done. Well we kind of feel that yeah, for those already. that attend second service. I preach twice, but really only one's decent. Yeah, yeah. That's why that's why first service is always packed because we're like, here, we're going to really get it. Yeah. And the second service, he's wiped out. Yeah, he's so done. got nothing. No. I pull a Doug Logan. Oh, really? Yeah. Phone? I don't know what this is. Don't answer it. Don't answer it. Here right. you go. I got to turn off my ringer. Yeah, finally. Hey. This is our time. Um, so you've been following the James McDonald Harvest and, Bible and- Chapel, it's it's out there around here. You try yeah. not to, right? You like can't you can't follow it around here. I mean, huh? you can't not follow it around here. Oh, yeah. correct. I mean, it's not only in the the blogosphere or Twittersphere, but uh, uh, it's it's newspapers. The newspapers. local, yeah, local coverage is yeah. all over this. Channel five, channel seven, the they're, local they're news channels, yeah. and then of course, even, on Mancow. even today, I was at Cavadium Coffee Shop, and a homeboy walks up to me, and he's. Oh, I got it. I didn't tell you this. Mm-mm. So homeboy walks up to me and he's like, I recognize that voice. And I was like, hey, man, how you doing? He's like, hey, you know, and so I know who he is. He's he, he's the guy that used to be at Harvest. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, he's like, yeah, we have a mutual friend. And then uh, so while he's then he goes and he sits down. So I took a picture of the guy from across the room and I sent it to our mutual friend. Yeah. yeah. And then our mutual friend sent me what he said to him. He said, hey. I just ran into Fowler. 
at the coffee shop. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so oh, awesome. I not believe it. I'm okay, like, who oh, was it? Who was it? Those, I can't say. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's a well-known... He, like, he's a well-known guy from Hollywood, <gasps> yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, he's known. He's I, been known. He's been in the mix of all this stuff. So uh, someone knew who I am? He knows your name. What, it, yeah, yeah, barely doesn't know yeah. what I look like. No. But that's yeah, really, obvious, okay. obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Hmm. Mm. Uh, People yeah. like to meet the fofo. Yeah, they do. He was like a real treat for him. I wish I knew he thought I was you. I would have been a total jerk. <laughs> I'd been like, I'm a little busy, bro. Okay, <laughs> I, I got I, things to do. Listen, I'll sign your Bible and that's yeah, it. Get, get it, get it quick. All right, <laughs> I need some of your blood. Yeah, so. <laughs> So yeah, man, it's like, so my point was, is that, you know, we run into people all the time that yeah. are going through this and hurting. And so, you know, this is starting to draw to a close, uh, hopefully. And um, I thought we should talk about it a little bit. Um, yep. Some of our people aren't from the area. For as big of a church as Harvest Bible Chapel is, and for as big as the Walk in the Word radio ministry yeah. was, I'll still, like, once you get out of the Midwest, a lot of people have no idea. Uh, who James McDonald is. A lot of my friends, like I've never heard of this guy until all this happened. Oh, okay. Wow. So, um, yeah, I guess when you're from here, it feels like it kind of overshadows everything. It's right, either, it's either right. Willow Creek yeah. or it's Harvest. Yeah. Those are the two really big ones. Yeah. And um, so for those of you guys that don't know, you know, Harvest was always very much, I mean, it's called a Bible church and around here, Bible churches are typically pretty serious about the Bible. You know, they, yeah. they preach through the Bible. Pretty buttoned up. Yeah. They, 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 they take that stuff seriously. They exhort the people to faith and repentance. Uh, and James uh, founded Harvest in 1988. Oh, wow. Uh, they just had a handful of people used to meet in the high school and it ultimately grew to well, about 13,000 people wow. with multiple campuses. Yeah, they're yeah. all over the Chicagoland area. And I think, in well, no, I don't know if the Indiana one is connected, maybe just by name. Yeah, yeah. But now they, they branched out into Florida, but that one's been returned. Yeah. So they have basically five campuses. Yeah. One of them is downtown. It's this beautiful old cathedral. Uh, we shot a video in there for uh, oh, my books from Moody. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because yep. I knew the campus pastor there, Jeff. And... um so, yeah, so, you know, James started that church and it really started to take off. Um, I've known people there and have met people that have been there since the early days when they met in that high school. Yeah. And a lot of people would say that uh, James uh, was and is an extremely gifted preacher. Yeah. A lot of people like his preaching. I've never been a fan um, only because at least, you know, since I since he came onto my radar, it was very much on due and not as much, at least in my hearing, not as much on gospel and gospel centrality. Oh, yes. Tell us more, Tulian. Oh, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, there was that. And then the props. He uses a lot of props when he preaches, you know, like mm. a little carrot top sort of. You he's know. got a little box there next he's, to him. He's got a chain or he's holding a sword or whatever. So not really my thing. But um, Nothing but, wrong with it. Yeah, no, yeah, nothing, yeah, yeah. No, nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with it. With just, it. just not my thing. So I was just never, his preaching has never resonated with me. But yes, very gifted communicator, yes. popular preacher. In fact, um, he started the radio ministry, Walk in the Word. Yeah, that one, uh, it would play all the time and people would talk about uh, the Walk in the Word ministries, mm -hmm. uh, daily devotionals. Yep. So, I mean. The, What'd that run on? That was on Moody Radio, right? What was oh, man, it was on it was on a lot of radio stations oh, it was okay. all over the place so yeah i mean it was it was like this syndicated radio show that was all over and um and that really helped to cement james preaching and his ministry as you know food for the hungry people that wanted bible and so you know he, he 
he preaches and communicates in a way that is is straightforward and, and yeah. plain, and I mean plain in a good way, not in a bad way, right? Yeah, you can understand him. He's not highfalutin. Correct. There's a right? lot of there's a lot of preachers out there that that they want to show you how smart they are and yeah. all the studying that they yeah. did, and yeah. you know, you need to know it's they got a PhD at the end of their name. Correct. Right? Yeah, Correct. Yeah. James though never that way was was, uh, was such a preacher that. Uh, just I guess hit the everyman, right? You know, right. As, as, yeah. Which is what we want to do, right? We 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 want to emulate that. Spurgeon did that. The greatest preachers always did that. And so you know, as the as the church began to to grow, uh, they started Harvest Christian Academy. I think in two thousand four. Uh, well, that that was a school, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a school. And so a lot of the people were going there. Um, they started a network of of church plants, right? So they started the the, the fellowship. Was it Harvest Bible yeah. Fellowship? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and so that was their pl- church planting arm that um, that started replicating their DNA all over the country. And maybe that's the one I'm thinking of, like in Indiana, yeah, right? That's right. And I think they planted. I mean, it, it's it's still impressive. I think like just under 200. Yeah, I think so. That's right. Under 200 church. That's still. Hey, that's nothing to that's, that's something a, to sneeze at. That's no, a movement. And the thing is with Harvest is one of the things that they were really good at was systems and management, assimilation. Uh, you know, the nuts and bolts of of church organization. Yeah. How do you help move someone from uh, visitor to regular attender to member? Right. To fully, you know, involved, committed, ministering alongside everybody else. Which is what you want to see in the churches, yeah, ab- right? Like absolutely. That they, they did that exceptionally well. We've always said, man, we've got lots to learn from all kinds of churches. And one of the things that we knew we could learn from Harvest or some of the guys at Harvest is you just sort of the, the nuts and bolts. Philosophically, theologically, we've got some differences, of course. But in terms of like, so how do you manage people uh, for a church our size so that they can, you know, so that we can be effective in not just communication, but, uh, you know, maintaining the both the work without overtaxing the people. Mm -hmm. And so we've had friends that have gone through their Harvest U uh, that have helped us, which is like their training. Harvest U? University, I think. Okay. And so we've had those guys help us and and it was uh, and it's been helpful uh, as far as we've used it very, you know, very much. And then did the vertical worship thing. Now, yeah, that was pretty big. I never really listened to it. So I don't know. We sing a couple of those songs. Do we? OK. Mm-hmm. You look up there, it says vertical. Oh, OK. Vertical right. worship so yeah, vertical worship. It, what is that? Like a singing, songwriting uh, ministry that yeah, they had. It's pretty new. Just started. I don't know. 2012. OK. Yeah. All right. So they, you know, it was this is a this is a big big yeah. church right yeah they went and from there to what is it the, they went into films yeah vertical, yeah. <laughs> vertical I, don't know, I don't know about those you know i don't know much about those but then you hear about what is that that camp camp uh yeah camp harvest camp harvest sounds like a horror movie though oh, i would watch that maybe that's how they did vertical films and camp harvest yeah joint right. yeah camp. <laughs> <laughs> vertical camp joint yeah it's um and so one of the things that happened though is you know as and, and people would say, I know people said, especially in the early days, that James was a great pastor, a great preacher, mm. um, no drama that I ever heard early on. But around the, the early 2000s, the aughts, um, that's when people began to uh, complain. People began to share grievances with, with the elders. What and, size do you think the church was at that point? I don't know. Okay. But thousands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And which I think is part of the thing here, right? As they're oh, trying to yeah. trace it, right? Is I think it's hard as a church grows, it becomes much more complex. Yeah. How do you do what you're talking about, that managing? Yeah. And I think it goes from this intimate pastoral shepherding sense, because it's 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 at a smaller level where you're able to manage something like that. Right. Into I guess it, it almost becomes more you I, I don't want to say you have to, but it's easy 
and pe- I think we've seen churches tend to uh, become a bit more domineering or authoritative because you're trying to steer this massive ship. Yeah, I mean, and when you have you know multiple campuses making up one church, it becomes very much a corporation or a conglomeration. It's yeah. you know you work in in that world of of business and big corporations, and so you know how those businesses work. And churches are not supposed to really work that way. No, though there are certainly some organizational things that we need to learn. So yeah, we don't. We're not real big fans of the large church because of the cons that come with it. Yeah, we don't. Oh, thankfully, we don't have to deal with that. We got our problems just hovering just around three hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the the people that began to complain or or share their concerns with the leadership, uh, a lot of it began with uh, the the debt issue. The harvest got into a lot of debt uh, with you know building and expanding and um, taking on loans to. But how? I guess, that's the. But how? Like I, I guess I just don't know. So part of the one of the things that's always going through my head is a lot of land and a lot of resources yeah. were donated, yeah. even the buildings. Right. But then you got to you, you got to you got to refurbish everything. You know, you got to got to build out and make a worship okay. space, especially if you're doing it with. Yeah, you gotta, I guess you got to gut it and, and set it up properly and not just set it up properly, but you can set it up so that you can do like, you know, high like high tech, highfalutin music and all that stuff. So that all costs a lot of money. You think yeah. about the the the. The cost that goes into you know just music alone, um, especially if you're doing it in that way. So a lot of cost, and I don't know the story behind why they got into all that debt, but some people were concerned about that. And then there was the the elephant room. What's that? You you don't know the the elephant room? No, I've never I've never heard of the elephant. You've room. You've never heard of the elephant room? Okay, I've heard of uh, uh, that blog, the, elephant the elephant's dead. dead. Okay, <laughs> which I never understood. I'm like. Why are they calling this the elephant's dead? And they, it, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't understand. Well, James has an elephant farm on Camp Harvest, and that's where oh, yeah, along with yeah. the deer. Yeah, that's right. It is gotcha, gotcha. No, no. It, so uh, he started this. It was a good idea. I actually really liked it. Elephant. Okay. Uh, so the, the, the premise, did you ever go to it? I went to the second one. Yeah, when, okay. it, when it really got bad. So the first one they had on guys like I think it was Matt Chandler. Uh, I think it was like Matt Chandler and what's homeboy from the IMB? He just stepped down and he's at a church now. David Platt. So David Platt. Oh, okay. But then yeah. he also had Stephen Furtick on there. Okay. Right? And uh, so he had these guys from completely different theological worlds, but they're okay. all believers. Okay. And, you know. Not, j- yeah, not like a T.D. Jakes or anything like that. Right, which was second year. Oh, that was the second year? Yeah. Oh, wait, so, T.D. Jakes was part of it? Literally, yeah. I can't believe you don't know the story. Okay, so. Okay, I don't know the story. I, so it's the first sorry, one, Joe, I don't follow. So the first one. Well, you were up in Canada, I'm guessing. I guess at that point I so was, yeah. In the, in the in the first one, James would say, hey, listen, the, the things that we like as speakers, the, the best part of a conference for us is when we're backstage and we're arguing and talking and debating and having real conversations. And you don't see those. Yeah. So let's do elephant room. Like, let's talk about the elephant in the room. We have differences and we're going to argue and disagree and have it out. But why is it called elephant room? Is the back of the, isn't that the green room? No, but the green room, but he says, basically, it's like, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room, right? You know, the expression, you're ignoring the elephant in the room. Yeah. Well, the elephant in the room, a lot of times it's like, we have major disagreements and we're not talking about them in front of anybody. So let's go ahead and talk about it. I like that idea. Um, And I don't know how well it was executed. I didn't really watch the first one, but I like the idea. And then the second year it was Mark Driscoll and James McDonald. I forget who else was there, uh, but T.D. Jakes was there. Okay. And everybody was like, not everybody. A lot of people were like, whoa. T.D. Jakes, number one, preaches a prosperity gospel. Yeah. And number two, he denies the Trinity. 
So he is outside the bounds of orthodoxy. So you can't really technically call him a Christian in any orthodox sense. So why would you have him on here? You're, you're saying that these are all brothers. And if you were say, if you didn't say these are all brothers, if you said, hey, we're just having theologians, we're disagreeing, fine. But you're saying these are all brothers. Yeah. Is that well documented about, oh, like yeah, the, yes. about the, I'm talking about like the, the, his Trinitarian view? Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah I don't fact, follow, I don't follow TD so, either. So, um, so Mark and TD and James got together in the evening before the conference and they talked about it and they talked about all this and, and in front of everyone, they, they, they broached that issue and Jake said, listen, um, he articulated his view of the atonement and uh, which was not technically orthodox. It left a lot of room and those two guys, James and Mark received that as a statement of orthodoxy. And, uh, and instead of pressing on that and pressing on the other, they basically just kind of skimmed over it and then mm. moved on. So that upset a lot of people because you're really flirting with the wrong crowd, uh, in, in terms of theological unity and whatnot. So that definitely stirred some things up later on, uh, as some of these other elders were even, you know, making some, uh, pleas with James and the leadership about things that needed to change. Okay. Um, asking for greater accountability. Some of those elders were, they were fired. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, and not only were they fired, I mean, they were excommunicated. Some of those elders were excommunicated publicly and brutally. Can I ask what, what was the sin charge then? Uh, it was being divisive, divisive, okay. Divisive or divisive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's essentially that was essentially it, right? Okay. That they weren't submitting to authority; they were being divisive. And so, yeah, it's um, that upset a lot of people. The so, wait, they weren't submitting happening. to the authority of the elders, or yeah. because I mean, as as elders themselves raising concerns. concerns. Well, I think what what Harvest was saying at the time, the leadership was saying, "Listen, all the other elders are in agreement. You three are out of agreement with us. You guys are wrong. You need to stop spreading this trouble." And uh, they didn't, and so they were excommunicated in a brutal fashion. Um, and then from that point on, things seem to get more intense and a bit more crazy. And so since then, you know, certain accusations have been made. That's when at some point, that's when the Elephant's Debt uh, blog got started. Now, that okay. was uh, I, I forget their names. Do you know their names? The guys that started it? No, no, I don't. So these, I can look it up. These two guys. Yeah, look that up. These two guys from Harvest started the Elephant's Debt, um, which was a place where they could say, hey, listen, here are our concerns and grievances and hurts that have come from being at Harvest Bible Chapel. And so not only did these two men start this blog, but then other people began submitting their stories. Yeah, it was uh, Scott Bryant and Ryan Mahoney. Okay. So, so they started that, and a lot of people began to share. Now, Harvest's position at the time was to their church, do not read that blog. That blog is poison. It's gossip. It's slander. So stay away from it. Uh, leadership was, you know, told to, to not read it, stay away from it. Which all the more makes people want to go read it. Oh, I'm definitely going to check it out then. Yeah. <laughs> you tell me, don't push that button. No, oh, I'm pushing that I'm button. I'm going to push that button. Yeah. Well, you know what, Joe? That's that's your heart, right? That your rebellious heart. That's not rebellious. It's just curiosity. No, no. That's rebellious it's heart. Curious. You have not submitted to the authority of the leadership then. So there's this one time when I worked at Southern Seminary. I worked in the housing department for like, I don't know, a semester. And they, they, had, they said, you need to go in this house. Uh, and you need to make sure it's been cleaned out and everything because we let this film crew use it while they were filming a movie here in Louisville. And I was like, cool. And it was the movie The Insider, by the way. Good movie. So I go into this house and I'm walking through the whole thing and it all looks great. But on the wall of the bedroom next to the bed is a styrofoam egg from an egg carton. You know the egg cartons that are made out of yeah, styrofoam? Yeah. One of them was cut out and just stuck to the wall. And I was like, what is that? So I pull it off and you know what was underneath it? Nothing. A button. 
No, stop Literally it. Literally a button. A button. A button. Like, uh, like, looks like a doorbell button. And this was inside of a room. Inside of a bedroom in a house that belonged to the seminary. Okay. So what do you think I did? You pressed that oh, button. Oh, I pushed that button. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? It was a panic button for the alarm system. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> and this whole, I can't shut it off. And then the, the 911 calls, like, hey, or whatever it was, a security company, like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, um, I pushed a button. I, there was a button in here. I pushed it. I didn't know. Did you see the egg carton they said? Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I, I will push the button. So, yeah, people were going and, um, and reading that, but it really, it, it didn't seem to do a lot. I mean, as much as was shared, it didn't really seem to catch on in terms of, you know, publicity or any changes being made at Harvest, you know? Yeah. So now we can kind of get to this whole most recent thing, right? What was um, what was the most recent thing that you remember coming into all of this drama? Yeah, I think it was uh, the lawsuit. That for me was the most uh, recent thing because I didn't really pay attention um, uh to what was going on there. Just one of those things. So what was the lawsuit? Because it was a big deal because it was a big deal because a church I, filed a lawsuit against uh, a journalist. And then uh, the those two guys and their wives who started the elephant's debt. The elephant's debt. Yeah. So that that was my big thing. That was the first thing I remember was which I guess was last year. Um, and that was uh, what, what were the, I can't remember what the charge so, they were so, saying. They were slandering them. Well, so here's the thing. Or so defamation or something. Julie Royce, we had Julie Royce on the blog, uh, on the podcast to talk about all this. But Julie Royce was doing research and interviewing people for a story on Harvest and on the controversy. Uh, Harvest and James found out about this. And so they filed a lawsuit to uh, against not just the two men that started the elephants that they named their wives in that complaint as well for some reason. And they uh, put, made this lawsuit against Julie Royce. Wow. And now that that put it on everybody's uh, radar at that point, because a church suing a journalist yeah. who hasn't written anything yet about them. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of intriguing. It's like, wait, what do you what do you what's going on here? Right. And I think they would say and I, I think they did. I think uh, uh, Setzer went out on what was it? Christianity Today wrote not Setzer. I'm sorry. Uh, McDonald went out on uh, Christianity Today. Yeah. To and he wrote about that. He wrote about why it's know, okay to sometimes why it's to okay. sue. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking Stetzer because I actually got an article here from Stetzer that I want to talk about later. Oh, that's why he's on your mind. Okay, yeah, right. And so that really now, once you start a lawsuit, then um, then you get lawyers involved, and then there are subpoena powers, and people can start asking for items for discovery. Yeah. Right. So the, so as or Julie's lawyer starts saying, well, we want records. We want uh, we want some of these things. Well, yeah, because here's the thing: is like if you're gonna do a lawsuit about defamation, then yeah, they have every right to defend themselves yeah. then say, okay, well, these are the things that we're saying. Give us those records that are. Yeah. Defamation know, is hard. To, is hard to prove anyways <laughs> in general, but yeah, it was a bad move. So, so Julie went ahead and released an article through world magazine. Yes. And, uh, and she did that. She did it there. And she also released stuff on her personal website and blog and, there was, of course, a sex abuse uh, scandal, but one of the oh, by one of the youth pastors there, yeah, in, in Paxton, yeah. So there was a there was a guy on staff that had apparently been sexting or something with the students and was on retreats with these kids and all that stuff. And you know the the allegation is that the church didn't handle it well and didn't really um, you know, communicate what was happening there with the church as well. Um, and so, you know, people were upset as that came to light as well. Yeah. So with all of this attention, 
uh, coming on to James and, and the church, uh, the controversy began to really intensify. So it was around this time, right, that um, that things kept ratcheting up. I don't remember what the big like after that was, but it was it was basically in the article that Julie wrote, um, there were allegations of a misappropriation of funds. Correct. That came from the church planting network. Yep. That um, that thing blew up. There was um, there was no it, like it, sexual it, abuse allegations yeah, or yeah, anything yeah. like that. Not yet. Right. Not yet. But at that after that was the Naples. Right. So was James the issues in in Florida. And so as all of this began to intensify, James uh, was put on leave basically. Right. Indefinitely. Indefinite, indefinite sabbatical. sabbatical. Uh, they were going to say he's going to be down in Florida. He's not going to be preaching at any of our campuses. The problem but he'll be preaching down in Florida. Well, at first, first of all, we already knew like he was heading down there anyways. That was that was already planned. Um, so then they said, we're going to turn this into a sabbatical. You were going to be down there, but now you're, it's a sabbatical. And it was around the, while all of this is going on, they were in the process of that independent harvest brand church becoming one of the campuses from Chicago. Yeah. And so those guys signed the, signed the deal to become a, a harvest church officially from the Chicago area. And uh, without, they're saying, we didn't really know. And the pastor there didn't really. Uh, says pastor it, Seacrest. Yeah, right. He didn't know all of this stuff that was going on when he agreed that, we, that they would become an affiliate. Uh, so, or a, a, a campus. So as James is down there, he's supposed to start preaching, even though he's on sabbatical. And um, well, the pastor asked, "Hey, listen, we we didn't know all about about all this. The lawsuit. We don't. We we want to just give us our campus back. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to give be us with our you. church back. And let's just sever. You know. Yeah. Just let. My so they just back. said, "That's cool. You can have it back." Uh, no, they fired him. Yeah. Yeah, they that's, fired that's, him. That's that don't. Yeah, and yeah. That's crazy. It's just so weird to me. Here's the part that's weird to me. On the Harvest website, it's still, hold on, it's still one of these things that just irks me is um, on for the Harvest website, where they give these updates, right? Yeah. They give updates of what's going on. Right. It's always titled uh, uh, Elder's Response to Ongoing Opposition. Right. So- you can't you can't sit here and, and they've always they've been trying to have this sense of like this or demeanor of like we're trying for restoration. Yeah, we're trying for reconciliation. We're trying to work things out. But then you can't sit there and say in the in the news section, here is response. Uh, actually, they just changed it. They changed it. <laughs> I literally just looked right yeah. now. They just changed it. Updates and information. So they finally realized having ongoing opposition doesn't work. Yeah. Well, that was. That was a big deal for a lot of people. And then, oh, it seemed like it was out of nowhere. Oh, we talk a, a man cow? A radio personality gets involved. Now, it, well, we've known man cow's been involved, right? We've known, like, we've heard rumors, I guess. It's, it's been around the community that man cow uh, was close to James. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we knew that he was there. Um, Not involved in the, ministry, what's going on right. there, yes. He was but a member of that church. Yes. And if you don't know, I mean... Mancow, Mancow has been a Chicago staple since the nineties. Since the nineties, yeah, and you know, and and Mancow is, uh, you know, he's a shock jock. I mean, that's how most people would describe yeah. him. Um, he he describes himself that way. He's yeah, an entertainer. He, he goes for you know, body humor and, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but you know, apparently, you know, he confesses Christ. Uh, he went to that church. He was baptized in the Jordan River on a on a retreat. Yeah. Uh, he would James. say he's grown immensely 
oh, uh, yeah. during his time with James and that James was a, an effective communicator, that he counseled him. That yeah, there he was, loved James. He, yeah, yeah he, he absolutely loves uh, James and his family. Well, once all of this started to come out and because of some of the interactions that Mankow had with James, uh, when all of this was going on with the Seacrest thing, he finally began to say on his radio show publicly, uh, hey, James, you always told us to act like men. You always told us to do the right thing. You need to come back. You need to confess your sin. You need, you need to do what you taught me to do. Yeah. And yeah, act like men. The, the longer this went on, the angrier man cow get. The, yeah. the, the no repentance, the, the no owning of sins and, and problems. And so man cow begins to share a lot of his perspective, his information. He eventually gets his hands on an audio tape of what sounds like James audio McDonald. tapes. Yeah. Yeah. Hours and hours. Man cow says a hundred hours. Yeah. And, um, and so he, he shares some of those clips and when he shares those clips, they were, they were bad. Allegedly, they're James. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't, Mankow doesn't Nobody say Nobody disputes James. that it's James. I know, but I'm but, just yeah. saying, Mankow doesn't say that it's James. Right. He says, uh, and he heard it was James, but he doesn't yeah, know. Yeah. He doesn't know. And it's, it sounds it's, like James. It's some horrible, I don't know him enough to know. I and, don't listen to him enough to know. And the church, and the church leadership uh, recognized it as James, and they fired him. Yeah. They let him go. And the uh, stuff they said about uh, uh, putting was it kitty porn on? Yeah. Well, and again, it's like I don't. That clip was so out of context. I don't know if he was saying that he wanted to do it or not. But he, the, but the but idea. Julie came, Roy said though, and this is the part. This is this is it. Like as I understand what you're saying, and I agree. Right when you cut mid sentence, yeah, and then you cut in mid sentence and you cut out mid sentence. It's like okay, hold on, what's going on here? And then Julie's saying, "I hope he plays all 50 minutes. So you can hear the context because it's real." Yeah. Yeah, so I know it's I know it's real bad. The the church fired him and you know, I'm sure they're working out severance, pension, all that stuff that yeah. that um that I'm sure he he would like to get. I I don't know what's going on there. And then most recently, uh a former worship leader from the a church. Well known, yeah, loved. Yeah. Yeah, cool lady, leader, uh yep. great worship leader and she had come out and she shared on Mancow's show something that a lot of people knew. I mean, I didn't know about it, but I have friends that are friends with her. And yeah. they're like, yeah, we've known about this. She's just never felt comfortable sharing it. And so uh, she claims that while they were on a private jet uh, that was shared with Bill Hybels and James, uh, it was James and her and some other people on the plane. Not a lot. It was a quick trip, 24 hours, you know, go out, do something with walking the word, come back. And she claims that while they were on the plane in the back, James comes over, sits down by her, puts his head on her shoulder and then puts his hand on her upper thigh. Yeah. And she says, you can't touch me there. Uh, what are you doing? And he, loudly, she says. Yeah, loudly. Um, she said she, you know, felt it sounded like people at the front of the plane were laughing about it. And James makes a joke about it. And um, eventually, you know, she's let go. And then her, her, I think her husband is eventually let go and, and they leave the church. Um, so the, that's the the sort of the, the, the broad br uh, brush strokes of what's been going on with, with harvest. Now, you know, I have heard of James, a leadership approach and leadership style from many people on staff there over the years, they would come to me and they would ask, I don't know what to do. How do I deal with this? Yeah. And, um, you know, what, what, what would you do? And, uh, and, you know, my response is always, well, what I would do is not necessarily what you should do. Uh, yeah. but here are your options. Here's what you can do. Um, and so we would kind of talk through that. And a lot of those guys, in fact, I think all of those guys left and went on to plant churches completely separate from Harvest. Hmm. Um, 
So uh, that's how things have unfolded. The church, you know, they're hemorrhaging people and um, people are hurt, man. People are people really, are really hurt. And I mean, I think like, Joe, you you just put out a video um, for Doc and Devo about like, what do you do? Because like, like trust has been broken here. Right. And this is could be this is the thing. Right. Is uh, if you're rejoicing over this. Yeah, there's, that's not cool. That's not that there's an issue there for you, right? Like I I part of me is like I understand the minority and I want to say minority here, right? The yeah. minority that that sense is like, man, I've been so deeply wounded. I've been so deeply hurt. I've there's been such an injustice that finally something has happened. Yeah. Right? And I, maybe the maybe there might be the sense of rejoicing in the judgment of the Lord, right? But for the vast majority of people there, harvest is hurting. Yeah. Harvest yeah. is hurting. There's a lot of, of good, well-intentioned brothers and sisters in Christ yeah. that are struggling. All the people I've met from Harvest, you know, not the leaders, like the, the people, the congregants, right? Um, and I'm sure some of the leaders there are good. But the people that I've met from, from Harvest are awesome Christians. They're just legit yeah legit people um so yeah i uh i, and I think people theory. are asking people are asking because there's some they're feeling like man they feel betrayed how can i trust leadership yeah again yeah and that's what the video is about i you know I, I we feel for these people we pray for them they're not only our our brothers and sisters in christ they're our neighbors right yeah. and so you know we want them to find a healthy church to plug into uh, we don't we're not trying to get anybody to come to redeemer uh i don't even mention that on the video it's just more from doctrine and devotion, we want to yeah. encourage you guys. There are great pastors out there, and most of them, uh, you know, don't have books that are published or platforms or anything. They're just faithful, regular guys, and uh, and they're out there. But you got to be careful, and you know, trust works a certain way, and you know, you want to be able to trust people, but you've got to know that you can trust them as much as you can. Yeah. So that's what that was all about. And I thought, you know, if if since we we sort of need we felt like we needed to uh, approach the issue because it is right here they're literally what 10 minutes up the road yeah so uh, the the main campus so james jimmy james jimmy <laughs> what do we what would you say i mean what is what is how should we think about pastors who fail at at this level cuz every pastor fails like we're all sinners but when it's a true like betrayal of trust an abdication of responsibility and abuse of power uh, what do we do? Yeah, um, uh, I think first and foremost is is we want to be praying for all those involved, right? We want to be praying for those pastors. We want to be praying for the leadership. We want to be praying uh, for the church. You know, we want to be praying that uh, that God's glory would shine in the midst of this. Dis I don't want to even say disruption because it's such a devastation. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think first and foremost, we want to be praying and pleading uh, with the Lord. And, and I think we should also be uh, checking our own hearts yeah. in this, um, because I think we've talked about this before, Joe. I mean, we're 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 all three, four decisions, mm -hmm. bad decisions away from being in the same position yeah. as as a lot of these individuals that that do fall um, and and humble yourself right yeah. humble yourself that we we desperately need uh the grace and and strength mm -hmm. of our lord you know you you mentioned you know prayer and self-examination and it's like a lot of people are spending a lot of time on the interwebs following this stuff twitter alerts yeah. constantly refreshing the page what's next what's the big juicy thing that's going to happen and there's sort of a morbid curiosity for outsiders 
and then there are the wounded people that you know can't help but but watch. Yeah. And so we just want. I mean, I would want to double down on this and just say with you, Jimmy, that um, man, make sure it's not wrong to to watch this, uh, but don't watch it as entertainment. Uh, watch it prayerfully. I mean, if you have time to sit there and read these tweets and uh, have thoughts and opinions, uh, you you have time to be praying for these people. They're real people. Yeah. And they're they're really hurting. And in terms of examining yourself. Um, I would say you also need to examine your theology, especially your ecclesiology. Mm. You know, the ecclesiology is, is the most underdeveloped aspect of theology, or at least one of them, in a lot of newer modern churches. Uh, a, a lot of them don't come from a tradition where ecclesiology was strong, and uh, they're independent, and so they kind of make it up as they go. There frequently isn't real membership. Uh, the only real members are oftentimes uh, these, the executive, the executive the, team, the, right? The, yeah, executive staff. So the, they're the only people that actually get to vote on what's going to happen. Um, there's very little accountability. Elders uh, are are not functionally elders if they have them. Uh, you know, we believe that not only do you need a plurality of elders, but you need a plurality of elders that function in parity with one another. Yeah. Which means that uh, the senior pastor or the lead pastor, if you have that guy in that position, uh, that he doesn't have more authority than the others. Mm -hmm. And that's something that, you know, James used to say is like, you know, we all share a piece of the pie, but my piece of the pie is much bigger than yours in terms of authority and mm. leadership. And so it's not, you know, this is not something that you want to um, to ignore. You, you have to press in on this issue and develop an ecclesiology that's not reactionary to harvest or to abusive churches, but one that is developed exclusively from the scripture. You can use the the missteps and the mistakes that you see in these other churches as, as points at which you are saying like, okay, so what does the Bible say about this? How should we handle yeah. this biblically? Yeah. But you don't just want to up and develop a, a, a counteractive ecclesiology that isn't rooted in scripture because you're going to wind up with the same problem in a different direction. Yeah. And I, you know, I mentioned before about Ed Stetzer, um, and why he's been on my mind is Ed wrote something uh, for Christianity Today. Uh, when was this? It might have been back in 2014. Uh, yeah, 2014. That was about five years ago, by the way. Yeah, and I'm not sure, you know, if he had something in his head, somebody in mind or anything. I have no idea. It doesn't say here, but it's called "When Pastors Fall: Why Full and Public Repentance." matters. Mm. And I think that's that's really important is, you know, whether a pastor falls in such a quote unquote spectacular way right. or when you as a minister of the gospel uh, fail mm -hmm. and, and wind up just like hurting somebody, sinning against somebody. Full and public repentance matters. Right. Right. And I mean, one of the things he says here is pastors have a responsibility to what has been entrusted to them. Right. And so for you, this, we, we carry a lot of weight here. We yeah. carry uh, a, a big responsibility to shepherd God's people. And with that comes this inherent trust that we're, we've been gifted mm -hmm. by our people and that we are to uh, cherish. And we can't take that lightly. You can't just assume, you know, that people are going to trust you. I mean, that's something that's been given and it must be kept. Uh, and it's something that you must handle with love and delicate care yeah you know it's you know as as, as we're as we're kind of thinking through this the the thing that comes to my mind is that you know people are pretty forgiving 
in general, right? Like oh, Amer- yeah. even Americans are pretty forgiving if you confess and own it. They'll, uh, you know, if you, if you don't, they're, they, they can be pretty brutal. Um, and sometimes if they're your, if you're their boy, they'll just gloss over it anyways. Yeah. But for people that are hurt, even people that are disappointed, oftentimes they're ready to forgive when there's true, proper public confession without any, you know, qualifications or equivocations. That's right. And actually, Setzer talks about that. First, he says repentance must be public. Uh, secondly, repentance must be thorough. And third, repentance should lead to restoration. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think he hits it right on the head here because he says, like, under repentance must be public. Uh, when you become a pastor, you forfeited the right for your sin not to be known. I mean, you're, you're out there. You're the lead individual. Uh, when, when you sin publicly against people, then you need to repent publicly before yeah. people. Now, yeah, there might be opportunities. I know we've had opportunities where we've had to go privately and, and repent. Right. And where the sin isn't broad it just involves an individual or correct and that's not the kind of stuff i'm talking about but when um i know we're talking about this joe we've been talking about um uh when it comes to like uh, the sexual conduct policy i mean this is something you know where where we need to go before our, our people and say hey listen you know we've been developing this policy we've been slow about it please forgive us for this because this is this is public we we need to be yeah. you know this should be something that should have been handled in due course in due time a lot sooner than we're handling it now yeah yeah and again when you do that i think you know people see that it's real and it's genuine and and they move on so you know what what would you want to say to you know the people who are at harvest i mean some of them maybe listen to us i i don't really know um but for those people that are struggling with their church because the pastor has let them down that's happening everywhere and maybe the church is literally like seems like it's crumbling around them what's something that you would say to them hold fast to the lord yeah. hold fast to the lord trust and know that yes there may have been a personality and i and it's hard not to like uh to look at harvest as that right i mean we've Talk about some churches in the past where uh, the lead pastor was the brand, right? right. Uh, you see now that that they will fail you, but your Lord, your God, will not yeah. and has not. And so hold fast to the Lord. Uh, I would also say uh, wait, right? Be part of that process of change, yeah. right? You know, be praying for your leaders, but but be part of that process there. Be try to try to help see this thing through. Now, listen, if if the elders um, are not going to change, if if there's not going to be, you know, uh, meaningful um, repentance and meaningful uh, change to the process and procedures and and uh, I, I would say environment, then at that point, yeah, I, I I would probably go myself. That's me. That's that's my option. Yeah. But I would want to see. I would like to see, and I would stay and 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 see it through. Yeah. For I, as long as the Lord would have me. Yeah, I think that's good because, um, listen, who knows what God can do? You know, if your if your pastor has to leave or if the elder team has to resign, God may be able to, and He certainly can. God, but God may choose to rebuild that whole thing from the yeah. ground up right there. Listen, Harvest has had God has used Harvest in such an incredible way here oh, yeah. in the Chicagoland area, right? I I I would I would hate to see it uh, shut its doors, yeah. right? I mean. Those are some great churches with great individuals, and there are some pastors there that are leading on these campuses that they understand and they've seen this, and they want to see the change themselves. You know, and it, it, it may not be possible, right? It, it may not, and you know, because there's they're over forty million in debt 
you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty dire situation, but whether that church stands or falls, the church of Jesus stands yep. forever and the gates of hell do not prevail against it. Like you may have to find another church. Uh, and, and some of you absolutely should find another church and it's going to be hard because you're leaving a, anytime you leave a church, especially a church that you have loved, you are leaving, not just a preacher, but you are leaving a people a particular group of people that you have relationships with, that's hard. You're also leaving a particular culture, a culture of worship, a culture of discipleship. And when you go to another church, it's going to be very different. Yep. It doesn't even matter if it's the same size. It's going to be different. But more than likely, it's going to be a different size as well because you're leaving one of the largest churches in the area, in this case, and you're going to be going to others, another church. And so you're, you're really going to have to clarify your priorities um, you're going to have to temper your expectations on preferential issues, mm-hmm. uh, but you're going to have to have your priorities in line. What's most important when you're thinking about a church for you uh, or for you and your family. Yep. And then, uh, and you're going to have to spend some time. Don't visit a church once and then make the decision. If visit a church and if it's got a possibility, give it some time, uh, try another church, give that church some time. Uh, but do not, do not forsake the assembly yeah. because you got burned and hurt at one particular church. You need the church and the church needs you. And so there are places for you to go and to heal up. We've had people come here before, actually from Harvest. Um, I can think of a few couples. They came here and they were not going to stay long term. Um, they came and they told me what was up. They didn't really say anything bad about Harvest. They just said we had to leave. It wasn't for us. It wasn't healthy. And um, I said, well, listen, we would love for you to be with us. But if you just need a place to heal up and just you know, for people to love you and to, to be fed um, and to rest, you're welcome here. And I'll help you find a church if you want to mm. look for another church. And we've helped those people. We said, you try out this church. Here's another church over here. And then they move on. And you know, no hard feelings. It's great. Like, we just want them to be healthy and to be yeah. happy. So don't give up on the church because uh, a church has failed you. The church belongs to Jesus. And, uh, and he's got people for you to partner with. Joe, uh, as we wrap up here, uh, do you mind uh, praying? Yeah, let's do it. We'll pray for pray for harvest. Pray for James. Pray for the yeah. for the people and the elders. All right, let's do it. Father in heaven, we know that you love us beyond our understanding, beyond our wildest imaginations. You uh, you love your people, and you ga- you've gathered us together in local churches for your glory and for our good, and we we are grieved, Lord, with you. And with so many people at Harvest who have been hurt through all of this, and we we lift up those people, Lord. We ask that you would comfort them, that you would guard them from the attacks of the devil. Uh, We pray that you would guard them from sin in their own hearts, that they don't become bitter or vengeful. We pray, God, that you would restore them and restore to them the joy of salvation and help them to find a church that they can be a part of. Maybe, God, you will restore even Harvest to something great and healthy. We also pray, Lord, for the leadership and wherever there is sin, wherever repentance is needed, uh, we pray that that you would revive them, that you would uh, renew them, and that their confession and repentance would be big and public and beautiful. Lord, we're praying that um, that you would do something that I think most people in the world don't think can happen, that you would restore. You can do that. And um, so, God, we're praying. We're, we're praying that that you would do a great work for your glory that heals and makes much of the name of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday, blog posts on Wednesdays, video content on Fridays. Later. Later.